Ciao, this is Dr. Romina Cervigni and today we'll be mapping the fasting mimicking diet on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix Special Nutrition Therapy Series, where we're going to dive into the approaches, practices, dietary theories, and healing foods that have been used in the most successful practices across the globe and throughout history. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. The 15-Minute Matrix is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons which highlight the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition, and that's the functional matrix. The functional nutrition matrix reminds us of three very important factors in clinical care. Everything is connected. We are all unique and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Romina Cervigni. Romina Cervigni, PhD, nutrition biologist at the Walter Longo Foundation, obtained a PhD from Open University in the United Kingdom, focusing her attention on the field of oncology and a second-level master's in nutrition and dietetics. She has collaborated as a postdoctoral researcher with the National Research Committee in Naples and in the Vita Salute San Rafael University in Milan. Dr. Cervigny, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to talk to you. There's so much confusion about fasting, and I'm wondering if you could start us out by just identifying what a fasting-mimicking diet is. Yes, of course. Okay, saying fasting is like saying eating, so it is fundamental to define and clarify what we are talking about. So there are several uh, features of fasting. For example, intermittent fasting is something in which uh, we can mean uh, time-restricted eating uh, to restrict food consumption, to deny days cycles, leading us to put uh, our metabolism in line with the circadian rhythm. Then there are also other popular diets like fasting diets, like uh, the 5-2 diet. That means uh, that uh, during two days of the week, either consecutive or non-consecutive, uh, food intake is limited to either below uh, 500 calories or even a complete fast. Uh, then we can move forward and discuss also alternate day fasting or alternate energy restriction that uh, is essentially the same. So there is, uh, we alternate food intake days with either fasting or very low calorie intake meals. But any physiological mechanism uh, need, even for fasting, needs a specific amount of time. So, for example, during the first 24 hours, uh, our body is still using the liver reserve of glycogen to start mobilizing the fat. We need more than 24 hours of fasting. Then the ketone body's production and the autophagy will start, but we need at least 
three days uh, for it. So again, uh, fasting can mean uh, several things. And if we want to speak about the fasting mimicking diet, it's a, a protocol in which you mimic the, the fasting, but actually you are eating. Not a lot, <laughs> but you are still eating. And it can have the same effect of fasting. And for some, in some cases, you can have even a, a better effect, like, for example, for the microbiota. When you say mimicking, in what ways are we mimicking fasting? What does that mean in practical terms if we were to use it in our clinical practices? The mimicking is because uh, even if you are eating, you are stimulating the, the mechanism of fasting. So in the clinics can be very useful because it is easier for patients, but it's also safer because uh, you are not doing uh, water-only fasting. Even if the uh, fasting-mimicking diet is a, clearly an hypocaloric diet and even hypoproteic diet, you have a complete diet uh, with regards to the micronutrients, so vitamins and minerals you will not uh, undergo nutritional deficiencies. And the fasting mimicking diet lasts uh, five days. So what exactly might that look like? Because I'm trying to wrap my head around where the caloric piece comes in and what nutrients are in. Is this with some kind of substitute or liquid diet? Is there something coming in in particular? Or have you studied different sources for what is coming in? Yeah, the fasting mimicking diet is actually a real um, a protocol, a dietary or fasting protocol that is uh, studied even in the clinical. We have many clinical trials about fasting mimicking diet and several diseases, including cancer, uh, IBD, autoimmune diseases, um, and so on, neurodegenerative and so on. And the fasting mimicking diet, it's a protocol of five days. The first day, it's around 1,100 kilocalories, while days from two to five have around 700 kilocalories. The composition is uh, hypoproteic. It's uh, 100% vegetarian, uh, vegan, I would say, and uh, it's uh, more or less uh, 45% fats, 45% complex carbs, and 10% proteins, more or less. So this is the actual composition. Um, the clinical version, the clinically tested version, has uh, food, actually. So you have always... Uh, during the five days, a breakfast with some nuts bar. Then for lunch and for dinner, you have some soup, vegetable soups. And depending on the day, maybe you have some crackers or uh, olive, olives, uh, even a chocolate bar, <laughs> depending mm -hmm. on the day. So <laughs> when somebody is doing this in the clinic and for the trials that you've done, is it once this five-day protocol that you're talking about, is it once and that's it? Or is it once a month? Or where are you seeing the biggest results for the chronic issues that you articulated? Yeah. For every person, the, the fasting mimicking diet frequency will depend on the starting health conditions mm. and can vary mm -hmm. from once a month to once or twice a year. 
So in the clinical trials, since uh, patients with diseases are involved, the protocol can change depending on the scientific protocol that is approved by doctors and, and so on. But normally, it's, uh, the frequency is uh, quite high, of course, because you are testing it in patients. So um, I would say the average is once a month, but uh, it's not forever. So maybe it's uh, three cycles or six cycles on so on. In one of the, um, the first uh, clinical trials in which uh, FMD has been tried, the, the patients have uh, some uh, disease risk factors such as high cholesterol, high triglycerides, high blood glucose, uh, inflammation seen by uh, C-reactive protein, mm-hmm. high pressure, uh, abdominal fat, uh, and, and so on. So these patients had uh, these uh, risk factors and they tested the, the fasting mimicking diet once a month for three consecutive months. And the analysis were carried on at the beginning, so at the baseline, after three months and even after six months. So meaning three months after the, the last uh, uh, fasting mimicking diet cycle. And uh, in this case, uh, the results were uh, very promising because uh, the people with uh, the worst uh, values of these risk factors had uh, the best results, uh, while persons without this risk factor, so the control, uh, didn't have a big uh, variation in the in the levels. So fascinating. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because we're shifting the whole internal terrain. And so those with the biggest issues are going to see the biggest impact. When you're doing the fasting mimicking diet and you're talking about changes in the microbiome and in immune and inflammatory markers and in oxidative stress markers, and uh, are you also seeing or implementing other life or behavioral changes, or is it purely just the diet for the control? Mm-hmm. Yes, this is a very interesting uh, question. Uh, the the main uh, clinical trials ongoing are on medical issues, meaning uh, yes, diseases like uh, autoimmune disease, cancer, and so on. There are some uh, papers, um, very recent, about uh, uh, the combination of uh, the fasting mimicking diet and uh, and depression. But this is, I mean, it's just one, it's just one uh, initial study. But I think it's uh, quite uh, interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, that's really incredible to see the shift there. One thing I find really interesting in the functional medicine communities Mm -hmm. is that when we talk about fasting of any sort, as you initially explained, there's a desire to also control what the intake of food is and I'm a nutritionist, so of course I care about quality, and you mentioned chocolate bars. Does it matter what the caloric intake is made up of when calories are coming in? So if we're talking about the days of the calories that are coming in at the time of the feeding, I know you wanted to make it as nutrient diverse as possible, and there were the shakes that you mentioned, but when we're talking about olives or crackers or a chocolate bar, does that intake matter as long as it meets a certain caloric intake? 
The composition of the diet is, is fundamental. Actually, the clinically tested version has a specific composition. So it's not the same doing it at home that trying the clinic, clinically tested version. So it's like a drug, do you know? So it's, uh, it's food, but actually it's, uh, the, the effect is like a drug. So the composition is fundamental. It's fixed. That composition is fixed. Yes. Yes. Right. Got it. So with the work that you're doing at the Walter Longo Onless Foundation, it's a nonprofit organization. It's founded by Professor Walter Longo. And the aim is to achieve longevity throughout the life cycle. What is the role of fasting mimicking diet in the objectives? Is it the primary objective or are there other factors that are being considered as you look at that objective? Our mission for the nonprofit foundation is uh, helping all people, especially people with problems, disease, I mean, health problems, but also economical problems. So we, we help the people uh, getting better thanks to nutrition. Another part very important of our mission is raising awareness and educating people about issues related to nutrition. So we go to schools, we speak with the students, we speak with the parents and so on. So both of, of the missions are important uh, for us. Um, yeah, to answer your question uh, about the role of the fasting mimicking diet in our missions, actually it's not the main role because uh, we help people and uh, depending on the person, we, we give our indications regarding nutrition. So the diet is not the same for everybody. We personalize it, and, uh, but the approach is based on the pillars of longevity elaborated by Professor Longo, which include uh, basic research, epidemiological research, clinical and centenarian studies. And with all of these uh, pillars, we try to get the best strategy uh, for everyone. So we give indication on the everyday diet, and it's based on the longevity diet, but we give also suggestions about fasting. And we speak about two fastings. The first one is uh, the fasting mimicking diet. And uh, as, I, as we said before, the frequency will depend on um, the health conditions of the patient. So maybe in some cases we do not recommend it, for example, or in other cases, maybe we recommend only twice a year. And uh, the second type of fasting is the 12 hours. So the time restricted eating uh, it's uh, easy, I, I think, because it's uh, from dinner to, to breakfast. And, it's, and we suggest uh, to keep uh, at least 12 hours uh, of uh, fasting every, every night, because this is very important also for the circadian rhythm. In that rest and digest, in that parasympathetic state. Yeah, I love what you're saying there, Romina, in terms of the fasting mimicking diet not being right for everybody in the form that we were talking about that you're using in the trials. I think this is where a lot of the confusion comes in, and it is so important that we embrace bio individuality and the real instances, the things that that person's body needs to reach longevity or its 
healing potential. And I love that you're talking about that. Do you mind speaking into some of the places where a fasting mimicking diet, as we've been defining, is not the right thing? So we can just underscore that point? Of course. I would like to clarify that uh, for patients with diseases, it is necessary to have uh, approval from the doctor mm -hmm. because the fasting can influence and interact with the drug therapy, with the disease itself, uh, and so on. So it is very important that uh, the doctor approves. Yes, good point. This is the first thing, yeah. And uh, in some cases, the fasting mimicking diet can be not uh, recommended For example, in cases of uh, uh, underweight people. Mm -hmm. So in these cases, we recommend to get uh, uh, a good weight in a healthy manner. So with a longevity diet, for example. And, uh, but in this case, we do not recommend the fasting mimicking diet. Of course, the fasting mimicking diet is not recommended for children and teenagers. Mm -hmm. uh, we suggest to start from... 20, 21 years, for, for example. But again, it depends also on the doctor approval. And of course, it's not recommended for pregnant women. Mm -hmm. And also for people older than 65, 70 years old, unless the doctor approves. Yeah, I'm sure there's so many things we'd have to be checking, even blood pressure or blood sugars and where things can actually go more awry if not brought into balance prior to the protocol. Yes, of course. Actually, the best thing is to discuss about it with uh, an expert in the field because mm -hmm. there are many, many factors to consider. Yes, you are right. Such good points. And I'm wondering, before I let you go, Romina, is there anything else that you wish coaches and clinicians around the globe knew about the fasting mimicking diet and the research being done because it does seem like it's getting a lot of press, so to speak, and being put into usage in maybe not the most clinically effective ways. So what would you like other clinicians to know that you all are seeing in your research? Yes, about the fasting mimic diet, maybe uh, one thing I can say is that since uh, there are already some li scientific literature about it, especially on cancer, but I mean, it is uh, still experimental. Right. So, um, so it, it has not been approved by FDA yet, for example, because it's in the process. And so for any doubt, uh, the best thing to contact us, both me in Italy, in the Walter Longo Onlus Foundation, but we have a, a clinic also in uh, USA, in uh, LA. And uh, so clinicians, practitioners can contact us and we can discuss together case by case. And moreover, with the American Foundation, which is called Create Cures Foundation, we are doing a masterclass for uh, health uh, practitioners. So this would be very, very useful, I think, to learn more about fasting in general and fasting mimicking diet in particular. Brilliant. We will link to all of that in the show notes for those who want to learn more. Thank you so much for joining me today on the 15-Minute Matrix, Romina. Thank you very much.
The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified by email each week about our podcast releases, head on over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, please feel free to get in touch with us. We would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. Thank you.